0: Welcome to the Lion's Tribe. I am Pastor Jimmy Udukoya. I pray this episode blesses you. And it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. This is a good shepherd part nine. Because we've been on Psalm 23 since September. Let's end Psalm 23. Amen? Let's end it very quickly. It is, we are in the fifth verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And then we talked about this last week. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we talked about how we end up in the valley of shadow of death. But let's pick up from verse 5. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. Really quickly, two things. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. To prepare a table in the presence of your enemies, one, he must know where your enemies are. Two, if he can prepare a table before you in the presence of enemies, that means your enemies are powerless to do anything while he sets the table for you. He prepares a table before me. You must understand that when you speak in the context of the shepherd and the sheep, what the shepherd would do, he would go to the landscape he was going to take his sheep to and he would prepare the table. He would make sure there were no predators. He would remove any rocks, any sharp edges. He would clear the landscape so that it was safe for the sheep. He prepares a table before me in the presence of your enemies your god knows where your enemies are he knows who they are he knows their capacity he knows their ability and he says relax sit and eat because i am in control god knows all about your enemies exodus 2322 this is what he says to children of israel talking about them obeying the angel he had sent it says, but if you will indeed listen, this is amplified version and truly obey his voice and do everything that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and your right and your right hand, sorry, and an adversary to your adversaries. If you do everything I ask you to do. If you obey me, if you simply follow me, if you just play your part as a sheep, as a sheep, and let me be the shepherd. If you follow me, if you let me lead. If you let me lead you to green pastures, if you let me lead while you follow, I will be an enemy to your enemies, those that dwell in the secret place of the most high. Shall abide under the shadow Of the Almighty if you dwell in the secret place you are under the shadow of the Almighty they cannot touch you they have to come through the Almighty if you dwell in the secret place he says your enemies become my enemies your adversaries become my adversaries so you must understand that you do not fight alone. As a matter of fact, you don't even, it is not your job to fight. The sheep relies on the shepherd. My sheep hears my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. I am the good shepherd in John 10. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, the sheep has no business getting involved in any kind of fight because that is the shepherd's job. You don't have to fight any of your battles. It's not your job. Your job is to be the sheep. If you listen and obey, your enemies will be my enemies. Your adversaries will be my adversaries as well. Look at Psalm 138 verse 7. This is what the psalmist says. This is David speaking. He says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. If I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. If I'm speaking to somebody here today who has felt like for the last couple of weeks you've been walking through trouble, beloved, your strength is being revived right now. Because you must understand that you have one that is walking in the midst of trouble with you. He says, he will stretch out his hand against the wrath of your enemies. He is your shepherd. He is always on your matter. He sees all, he hears all, he knows all. He says, if you walk in trouble, the psalmist says, he will revive me. Because he will stretch out his hand against your enemies. For somebody here, you will see that everywhere you have found opposition, the Lord right now is stretching out his hand. How do you know? He says he will cause evil your enemies to become your friends. He says he will give you a tongue that cannot be contested. He says he will prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. Some people have been praying the wrong prayer. God, destroy my enemies. No, ma. No, sir. If he destroys them, who will be there to witness what God is doing in your life? See, enemies have a function. Without enemies, the victory cannot be sweet. You cannot appreciate wisdom unless there is foolishness. You cannot appreciate light unless there is darkness. You cannot appreciate victory unless they are enemies. The Bible says to children of Israel, I will not chase out all the inhabitants of the land because you do not know the terrain. If you get to the promised land, this, the climate is different. You don't know the soil composition. You don't understand how this works. If you go there, you will spoil the crop, because you are not used to it. So I will not chase out all the enemies from the land. I will leave some enemies in place so they can toil the land for you. Your enemies have a function. All things work together for good. If God has left your enemies there, it's for a reason. I will stretch out my hand, says the Lord, and I will save you with my mighty hand. Look, I want to show you something else. If you look at Proverbs 16, verse 7. Proverbs 16, verse 7 says this. When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That sounds like he prepares the table before me in the presence of your enemies. They want to hate you. They don't know why they like you. I don't, they are purposed in purpose, it is like Balak and Balaam. He, purp, he said, come and curse these people. But when they open their mouth to curse, blessings come out. <laughs> because he says, I will bless those that bless you. Like a flying spar swallow or a fleeting sparrow, a curse without cause cannot alight. Whether they can stand from here to tomorrow. If God has blessed you, no man can curse you. He says, when a man's way pleases the Lord, what will happen? He will make even his enemies be at peace with him. Isaiah 54, 15 to 17 says this. This is the Lord speaking. Isaiah 54, 15 to 17. Put it on the screen. If anyone fiercely attacks you, it will not be from me. Some people think that, let me correct this ideology, We you're going through trials and tribulations, hard things. Ah, God is punishing me. No. God sent this to me. No, 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 no. Most of the times, we find ourselves in situations that we have created by ourselves, whether it's by lack of obedience or delayed obedience, but God will not send attack to you. Sometimes, in Israel's case, he would allow the enemies, because they were always trying to attack and God was always a hedge. Then sometimes we say, you know what? I removed my hedge. He didn't send them. He just allowed them to do what they've always wanted to do. Somebody thank God for all the hedges that God has put around you. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Lord raises up a standard against it. That's what he's always doing. He says this, if anyone firstly attacks you, it will not be from me. Whoever attacks you will fall. Whoever attacks you will fall because of you. This is what God is saying. For somebody, whoever attacks you, they will fall because of you. Listen carefully. This is God. The audacity of God. I have created the smith who blows on the fire of coals and who produces a weapon for his purpose? And I have created the destroyer to inflict ruin. So he's letting you know his credentials. This is what I created. I know what they can do, I know the extent of their damage and their capacity. Now, this is what he says in the next verse. Look at this. No weapon. That is formed against you will succeed. So he's telling you, I created the one who created the weapons. So if I created the one who created the weapon, then the weapon created by my creation cannot affect you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody open your mouth and say, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Say it again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Say it again. No weapon formed against my household shall prosper. No weapon formed against my business shall prosper. No weapon formed against my children shall prosper. He says, no weapon formed against you shall succeed. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn. Anything that rises up against you that is not for your good, you will bring it down. Any tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. For somebody here, vindication is coming. He says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Then he says, he anoints my head with oil and my cup run it over. You know, if you study the shepherd and the sheep, you would understand that the shepherd actually anointed the head of the sheep. He anointed the head of the sheep and there are three times it would anoint the head of the sheep. One, to protect the sheep from insects, the really annoying insects that come and torture the sheep and the oil serves as a protective barrier to give them solace so he pours the oil on the head of the sheep one two he anoints the head of the sheep to protect them from thick bushes and thickets because sometimes they have to pass through so that the heads doesn't get stuck he anoints the head so where they should get stuck they glide three he anoints the head with oil as a protective barrier, because sometimes sheeps fight and they smack their heads against each other. So the shepherd knowing that sheep can be stubborn sometimes, I cannot stop them from fighting, but I will put a barrier, a protective barrier on their head. So where they hit, where they should be impacted, it glides off. Somebody say protection. So in all three instances, the shepherd uses oil to protect the sheep. He anoints my head with oil. Your God is always in the business of protecting his own. The eyes of God search to and fro. He never sleeps. He doesn't slumber. Proverbs 2, 8 to 9 says this. Put it on the screen, Proverbs 2, 8 to 9. It says this, he guards the paths of justice and he preserves the way of his saints, believers. He guards, he protects the path of justice and he preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice in every Circumstance. For somebody here, my prayer for you today is that you will see righteousness and justice in every circumstance. It says, An integrity and every good path. The psalmist says, He anoints my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. You must understand that he does not just anoint the sheep of the, the head of the sheep once. He pours it, and he pours it lavishly. He pours it abundantly. He does not withhold. He does not mize. He pours it, and he does it continually, over and over again. Do you not know that your God operates in abundance? He says, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. The shepherd has an endless supply of oil for the sheep. Your cup runneth over. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God, Philippians 4.19, put it on the screen, and my God will what? He will what? Liberally supply. He's not hoarding it. He's not calculating it. He's not mising it. He will liberally supply. What does that say? Fill until full. Fill unto fill your every need. According to what? I'm so glad that it's not according to my riches. Or my glory. My riches is Measurable. My riches is quantifiable, but he says, according to his riches and his glory. Beloved, what is it that you need that you are believing God for? He will fill until full. Liberally, he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says this. 2 Corinthians 9.8. Put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make all grace. Some grace. All grace. Every favor and earthly blessing. Well, wow, we're not talking about spiritual blessings. That one that said D. This is earthly. He will make All grace, every favor. The Bible says that Mary grew in favor with God and with man. Sorry, not Mary, Jesus grew in favor. Mary was favored, but Jesus grew in favor with God. That means favor can grow. That means favor is tangible. Every favor. An earthly blessing. And they will come in what? Not dregs. Not miser. He says your cup will run over. Abundance means more than enough. Put it back on the screen. Don't take it off. Come in abundance to what? To you. So that you may always. Under. Under all circumstances in the good in the bad when you have enough when you don't have enough when you have resources when you don't have resources he says in every circumstance he will cause favor and earthly blessings to come in abundance to you so if you are not seeing it If you feel like I'm not living in this abundance, I need you to realign your mind to the mind of Christ. If He said in every circumstance, that means in this circumstance, there is favor that is available. In every circumstance, the Bible says that Joseph was in slavery, he became the head of Potiphar's house. In slavery, there was favor. In that circumstance, he became the head of the house. They threw him in prison. In prison, there was favor. In that circumstance, he became the head of the prison. You may find yourself in a situation that you never thought you would be, but there is favor available in that circumstance. The widow of Zarephath had nothing left but a handful of flour and oil, and she was going to bake her last meal. For her son to eat. So they would eat and die. She was at the end of her rope. And here came the word of the Lord. And said. Bake me a cake first. (laughs) And then bring it to me. You see that word. Unlocked the favor. In that circumstance. Because after she did. As man of God had commanded. What does the Bible say? He says go back. He says your oil. Will not run dry. In whatever circumstance you find yourself, God will make every favor abound to you. There is favor available. He says, regardless of the need, regardless of the need, have complete what? Sufficiency in everything, regardless of what that need is, he says it doesn't matter what it is is it money? It doesn't matter, is it child or is it children? It doesn't matter, is it business? Does it doesn't matter? Is it family? Does it doesn't matter? Whatever it is, have complete sufficiency in everything, be completely self sufficient in who, not in yourself. Not in your ability, not in your network, not in your wisdom, not in the works of your hands, not in your family name, not in your bank accounts, not in the economy. Having self, full self-sufficiency in who? In Him and have an abundance for every good work. An act of charity. You see, the widow giving her last cake was an act of charity. How do you find abundance in the midst of lack? But God says he will make every favor come to you in abundance. unless we forget our scripture for this month, Ephesians 3.20, put it on the screen. Ephesians, now unto him, Who is able to carry out his purpose, not yours. That dream is bigger than you. It's meant to scare you. Yes, it's meant to shake you. If it's not bigger than you, then you don't need God. God will give you dreams and visions that are bigger than you so you can depend on him. It is his purpose. Now unto him who is able to carry out his purpose. And do what? Come on, somebody. Super abundantly. Whatever you think abundance is, supersize it. Super abundantly. More than all that we dare to ask. I dare you to ask. See, listen, beloved, you, for those who don't know, people who know me close enough, they've always thought that I've asked for the most outrageous, outlandish things that were near impossible. But it is only impossible until it happens. I was I was on set in Hollywood and I was telling everybody, see that Hollywood? I'm going. Oh boy, calm down now. I remember one time we were even, I think it was emerge or oh, was word explosion. I was standing, I was sitting there, I was standing next to you. Olumide, do you remember? Pastor Olumide was standing, we standing right there. It was, I don't remember what it was, and I, I nudged him. I said, Olumide, I'm going to Hollywood. And I was jumping like this. Because I had determined in my mind that you see that place, if that's the top of the mountain. That's where, after all they don't have two heads we don't even realize that when we are afraid to dare to dream we are limiting what God can do have you heard of the story of when they try to condition animals there, I'll tell you one the African Impala can jump vertically in one position, can jump almost 10 feet to 20 feet without running like this. That's quite impressive. Without running, they can stand on one spot and jump almost 20 feet high, and about six feet. So... Another me on top of me, on top of me, plus two. That's pretty impressive. But here's the kicker they will only jump where their eyes can see. I'll say that again. They will only jump where their eyes can see. So, do you know the way they keep them in the zoo? They make the wall just a bit higher than how tall they are. Because as long as they can't see it, they cannot jump it. That is why the Lord told Abraham, he said, Abraham arise. Look at your length and breadth and he says, as far as your eyes somebody is getting it. (laughs) As far As your eyes can see. It was to the extent that he said, that's why he warned him, he said, walk the length and the breadth, Because if your eyes will see it, then I will give it to you. What is in your mind's eye that you are afraid to dare to believe God for? Because if you can see it, He says he will do exceedingly, super abundantly what you ask. You dare to ask. That's why the first thing he told Abraham to do was arise. Change your position. Change your perspective. You see, Nicodemus wanted to see Jesus. And the first thing he did was climb on his sycamore tree. Because the higher you climb, the further you can. Tell your neighbor, come up higher. Sorry, not Nicodemus. Zacchaeus. Thank you, ma. All of them are just clashing in my head. Too much Bible. Zacchaeus. As far as your eyes can see. If you dare, if you dare, if you dare to believe God, I will do exceedingly, put it on the screen, abundantly all that we dare to ask. Look at how merciful God is. Some of you, your faith, no reach to ask it. No problem. Even if you don't ask it, just think it. Oh, come on, come on, come on. See, he told you. He says, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, you will be open. If you ask, you will receive. So the condition to receiving is asking. But now he said, hold on, I will do you one better. You don't even have to ask. Just think. See, see, I know people, there's a reason why God gave you the ability to dream. Don't downgrade your dream to fit your reality. Upgrade your position to to match your destiny. There is a reason why he's given you the ability to dream. Let them call you the dreamer. You are creating your future. Because he says, if you dare to ask or as a man thinketh. as a man thinketh how do you create your world begin to think if you think he will do infinite in other words God says give me the starting point give me the seed just think it think it give me the seed of your thoughts give me the seed of your life Give me the seed of your obedience. Give me the seed of your of, of, of your of, of, of your belief. Give me the seed of your service. Just think it. Give me a seed. And when a seed falls into the ground and dies, then it bears much fruit. Beyond our greatest prayers, hope. Or what? Or dreams. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. And your cup runs over. Now, we've come to the end of verse 6. And he says, surely. Surely. Definitely. Guarantee surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love. This love that does not fail, this love does not finish, this love is not conditional. It is not based on who you are or what you do. It's not even about you. It's because he is love for his name's sake. He says, goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me. All. Oh! So the companions for the rest of my life is goodness, mercy, and unfailing love. I have three angels that are always with me. What are their names? Goodness, mercy. shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and the presence of the Lord my goal for the rest of my life is to dwell in the presence of the Lord because in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely, 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 in whatever situation, there must be goodness. There must be mercy. Who is looking for mercy? Let him ask. There shall be mercy, goodness, mercy, unfailing love. What can separate you from the love of God? Not life, nor death, nor principality, nor power, nor sickness. If you lay your bed in hell, nothing can separate you. Unfailing love shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord. Look at Psalm 145 verse 9 as I close. Two more scriptures after this and I close. Psalm 145 verse 9 says this. The Lord is good to all. (laughs) And his tender mercies. His mercy is tender. (laughs) His mercy does not come with judgment. Some people when they show you mercy, you wish for punishment. (laughs) That's why David said, it's better that I fall into the hands of the Lord that to the hands of man he says his mercy is tender his tender mercies are all over his works his works the entirety of things that he created last i checked i was formed And created in the image and likeness of God. So his mercies are all over me. That's why I say morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. God unto me. Look at Romans 8.28 put it up on the screen. Romans 8 28. And we know with great confidence, with great assurance, with great surety, that God, who is what? He's deeply concerned. Do you not know you are the apple of God's eye? Do you not know that he loves you so dearly? Do you not know he's concerned about every tear that you cry? Do you not know that he concerned? He's so concerned and in love with you that the angels say, "What is man that you are so mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? He is so deeply concerned with you that he was called Elroi." The one who sees the lowly servant girl run away, been shunned by her mistress, crying because she'd been chased away by her son. And in the midst of her tears, the God of the universe was not too busy to stop and attend to the tears of a lowly servant girl. He sees, he hears, he knows, he is deeply concerned About us. And what happens? We know that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all. Somebody say (sighs) all. Not some. Not the approved things. Not the planned things. Not the intended things. Not the deliberate things. All things. We know with confidence with assurance that anything that is happening to me. Because he is deeply concerned about me. It must. He causes all to what? You see that situation? It must work for your good. You see that delay? It must work for your good. You see that sets back? It must work for your good. You see that mistake? It must work for your good. Remember we talked about Elizabeth. She was barren for such a long time. Many, many, many years. And she thought she was delayed. But it was an appointed time. Because she had to carry a baby. That would be the forerunner for Jesus. Whatever situation you find yourself. We know with assurance. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. We know that everything that has happened in your life, we know that God will cause it to work together. Together as a... (laughs) Beloved, nothing just happens concerning you. He's too concerned about you. He's deeply invested in you. You are his own. You are his child. So for you, there is a plan and a purpose. Do you not know before your father met your mother, before you were a thought? He says, I knew you. I formed you. I called you. I chose you for a purpose. It will come together as a plan for good. Somebody say for good. I can see everything. Everything turning around Everything turning around Hey oh my god I can see everything turning around Everything turning around Everything turning around Oh my god See everything around He says everything must work together for your good for those who love God and this is the last scripture that you are taking with you ah it's plenty there's Ephesians 2:4 but God being so very rich in mercy, Ephesians 2:4 he's rich in mercy he's rich because of his great and wonderful love in which he loved us First Peter 1:3 to5 and then we close I'm not, let's close. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. Blessed, gratefully praised, and adored be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above. Spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose to our ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Continue on. Born anew into an inheritance. Beyond the reach of change, it cannot be changed. And undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for. Continue on. Who are being. That is ready. If you forget anything this year, remember that the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He... For what? For his name's sake. Yea though I walk through the valley I shall fear no evil Your rod and your staff They comfort me Death prepares the table before me In the presence of my enemies He anoints my head with oil And my cup runneth over Surely goodness and mercy Shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell forever and ever, amen. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. Father, we thank you that wherever you lead, we will follow. Father, we thank you that you are the one who is willing to lay down his life. And you did, and you gave of yourself on the cross of Calvary for my sin. You paid the ultimate price. Purchased me in your precious blood. And for Father, for that I, and as a church, we are thankful. We are grateful for your grace. We are thankful for your goodness, your mercy, your unfading love. Father, may we always walk with the knowing of the awareness that you are always with us. May we never forget that you are the good shepherd, and wherever you lead, we shall follow. We give you glory. We give you all adoration. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure. Send them this link. Share this episode. God bless you.